Blog Talk.
sometimes a girl will come and go you reach for love but life won't let you know that in the But since she's gone, gone, you're all alone. I want to do you here. I never learned to give myself.
Storm, and I'm your host, Greg Lasseter, here at G Radio, New York City, where you can find your classic soul and R&B music. The music for your soul, that was the baby, I'm for real. Phil Perry featuring along with the great Will Downey. Well, Phil will be calling in probably in like 10 minutes, and if you guys have never heard of Phil Perry, you must have been asleep, because if you're into R&B or any kind of lovely music, you have heard listen to anything something Phil has done. I mean, he started with the group back in, uh, I guess, the late 60s, early 70s, actually, a group called The Montclairs, and he was the lead singer and uh, one of the songwriters. And I got to tell you, he took off ever since. So with, until he calls, I'm just going to keep, you know, playing some of this great, great music. But if you guys want to call and say anything before he calls in, call me at 424-757-1423. And this is a classic that Phil redid. Most amazing call, Wildflower. And many times her eyes brought back the tears And when her youthful world was about to fall in Upon her slender shoulders fell the weight of all her tears 
You're listening to The Quiet Storm, and I'm your host, Greg Lasseter, here at G-Radio, New York City, where you can find your classic soul in R&B music, the music for your soul. So tonight, we're featuring the music of the great Phil Perry. He should be, in a matter of 60 seconds, should be calling in. But Phil Perry, I thought one of the greatest Star Spangled Banner, whoever sang it, was Marvin Gaye. Until I heard Phil Perry sing it. He sings it every 9-11, and I'll let him tell you that story about the Star Spangled Banner. But I'm going to play it. It was one of the most amazing versions I've ever heard. I would have to say it beat out Marvin Gaye. (laughs) And you all know how I feel about Marvin. Check this out. I got to tell you, that was most amazing. You know, I heard Marvin do it. I heard Whitney do it. But I got to tell you, Phil Perry has it at this moment. No one else, I've not heard anyone else do it that eloquent, that easy. And it just blows me away. You're listening to The Quiet Storm, and I'm your host, Greg Lasseter, here at G Radio, New York City, where you can find your classic soul and R&B music. The music for your soul. And tonight we're featuring the music 
of Phil Perry, and he should be with us shortly. But until he, until he calls, we're going to keep playing some of his lovely music, and this is one of my favorites.
listening to The Quiet Storm, and I'm your host, Greg Lasseter, here at G Radio, New York City, where you can find your classic soul and R&B music, the music for your soul. I don't know what happened to that on Call Me. Tonight, we're listening to the music stylings of the great Phil Perry, and Phil should be with us shortly, I am told. And I'm going trying to hold out and let Phil tell you his story about how we got started and what he's doing now because I do know what he's doing now and I do have his story, but I know you guys want to hear it from the man himself. So I'm going to take you back to when Phil started with the group with the Montclairs. And this is one of the songs he wrote called Begging is Hard to Do. Check that out. Without further ado, who do I have on the line? No other than the man himself, Phil Perry. How are you, Phil? I'm fine. How are you? I'm sorry. Uh, we had a little miscommunication with the... I'm sorry um, about that. I apologize about that, Phil. But you're here, Phil. I have a great audience. I have a, Right now, I have an audience of 15,000 in three countries waiting oh. for you. <laughs> So, Phil. Yeah, you're fading in and out a little bit. Okay, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. I got 15,000 people in three co- countries waiting to hear the great Phil Perry. How are you, Phil? I'm fine. Okay, Phil, take us back from the beginning of how you got started. Oh, man. 
Uh, I joined a singing group in your high school called the Montclair. Okay. Okay. Uh, we won this particular talent show. Right. Opportunity to go forward. To the guys. Uh-huh. And we went to the court. That was... Uh, that was in 1969. Wow. That's where it all started. So, and then from I'm, I'm reading, I'm reading some things about it. I feel I followed you when I was knee high to the bow weevil, as they say. We yes. even, yes, sir, me and my buddies put together a group trying to emulate the Montclairs. And let me tell you, everybody who tried to be Phil Perry passed out from trying to hit that high note. <laughs> well, it only means that I was meant to. <laughs> so, so Phil, let's go forward. All right, tell us a little bit about your personal life, married, with kids. And can you repeat that? You're still fading in and out oh, again. Hey, I'm sorry. Can you tell us a little bit about your, you know, life, married, you're married, with how many kids? I have four kids, Joseph, Paloma, Phil, and uh, 2019. Wow. Uh, boy, boy. Oh, okay. Right. Now, Phil, what's, what I, I'm sitting here, I, I want to thank, right off the top, I want to thank you for calling in first. I want to thank you for doing the interview. But most importantly, I would like to thank your wife, Lil, for making this all happen her, with her and my producer, um, Brenda. I want to thank you with that. Now, uh-oh, we kind of lost Phil. He'll call back. He was The call was just dropped. I don't know if he's calling from, here he is. Hold on. Calling. I'm calling you right back right I, now. You got, are you there, Phil? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Um, but it's want- very hard to continue the signal. The, my signal keeps fading in and out. Oh, okay. Um, I, I can hear you clearly now before you were fading in and out. Can you hear, up? Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear okay. you much clearer now. I want to thank, first of all, I want to thank you for, for doing this interview. But more importantly, I want to thank Lil. She was great, instrumental in putting this together with my producer. So, again, thank you. Oh, she's you a so sweetie, much. man. She's, she's by far the best part of me. Hey, but, hey, Phil. She's. A, I didn't know that she was the manager too. She's the one who makes it all happen. She does make it happen, and she keeps it organized. Oh, and let me tell you. You know, Phil. Let me ask you this: What sure. is what is one? Of, what is your favorite Phil Perry song? Mm. <laughs> it would probably be FML. FML. Yeah, my fantasy, my mystery, my love. Wow. That's the title of the song, but the right. inside thing is it's me and Lily, so I say it's for my Lily. <laughs> well, I didn't know. Which, how did you meet Lil? How did you meet Lil? We met at a recording session, at a Rocky Robbins recording session. Really? Really. <laughs> and I, I didn't see her again for two years. And and then... And, and then I got what? her number from my godbrother, uh, Daryl Fennessy, who used to sing with Michael Jackson. Right. And he gave me the number, and I called and left a message. And the next day she called, and she was coming back from Chicago. And uh, we hooked up, and we've been together ever since. That was 27 years ago. Wow. You know, you know, Phil, being in the music industry, you, by far, no one in the music industry, or very few people in the music industry, stays married. So you are, you, you set a record, I must say, with still being married to the same woman 
and the way you talk about her, you she, you adore her. And you know, I'm not too well, many marriages, not too many marriages last, especially being in the music business. Well, no, but you know, she's she was in the industry as well. She was in the touring company of the Wiz. She was in the Starship Orchestra with Norman Connors. Right. She was on the road with uh, Ramsey Lewis when uh, Sun Goddess came out. He was touring with uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire and Emotions. Right. So she's had a lot of exposure to the industry, and it doesn't phase her. Wow, I she, love that. Plus, plus, the most important thing is she has the checkbook. <laughs> uh, hold on. You're listening to The Quiet Storm, and I'm your host, Greg Lasseter, here at G Radio, New York City, where you can find your classic soul and R&B music, the music for your soul. Tonight, we have the great Phil Perry, live and in living color, guys. So I want to thank all my listeners for listening to and giving me this great feedback. Phil, this has been a long time coming. You know, I've interviewed a lot of people, and by far, it took me the longest time to get a hold of you. Because I got to tell you, Phil, in the in the music business, I've never you have your own style. I've never heard anyone like you, more or less, hit a note and hold it. I mean, right. Phil, that's not that's something you can't learn, right? That's you just you're just born with it. No, there isn't anything in music you can't learn. You can learn how to do it. Now whether you learn it and and work at it to perfect it, that's a whole other conversation altogether. But <laughs> but music is not exclusive of any listener. If they're willing to work hard, they'll be able to uh, they'll be able to get as good as they're willing to work. Well, did you did you take voice lessons growing up? No. I, I mean, I went to Catholic school, and I sang in the men and boys choir, but formal voice training, no. Right. Have you, have you, have you ever taken a voice lesson? I took one lesson from Seth. I, I came home, and, and right after Lillian, I got married, and I told her that I didn't like it, and she asked me why, and I said, he's prepping my voice to sing arias, not R&D. Right. Right. Wow. So so by far, and you, I don't, you know, and it, it was kind of expensive, and it was a uh, it was a lot of name dropping. Every three minutes, the phone would ring, and he'd answer somebody, and it was somebody else important. And he would waste his time with me. And I, not only did I feel like it wasn't vocally going to assist me in trying to do what I was doing, uh-huh. I, I was a little put off that he didn't really spend that much time on my voice. Wow! He didn't really. It's almost like he didn't even listen. You know. Right. So I said, you know what? That's my last lesson. <laughs> and and well, obviously you never needed a lesson because I tell you, your voice is. Who are some of the people, you know, that you looked up to, um, you know, when you were coming along? Well, I, I really looked up to Smokey Robinson and Eddie Kendricks and uh, Rance Allen and uh, Joe from uh, the. Uh, Mighty Clouds of Joy. I, I mean, I listened to a lot of different styles of music. So right, right. To be able to say that there was one influence over another, I, I couldn't say that because mm. well, I don't think it'd be true. Right, right. Some can, of you know, the music you know, that I ingested in my youth. Right. You don't sound like you have your. I can tell you, you have your own sound, and it's an amazing sound. Well, now people say I sound like Ron Wisely. Oh no, no, really. But I, I mean, I'm, certainly I hear the similarity because we both sing in a falsetto voice, but I wouldn't say I'm trying to cop his style. No, I, Phil, I got to tell you, 
I've heard I've heard some uh, some falsettas like uh, Russell Tompkins, and by far you have you got it. You you have that falsetta all on your own. And anybody who listens to music, any kind of music, doesn't have to be R and B. Will know you can hold a note. Falsetta, uh, no one that no one can do it like you. Well, I, you know, I. It's interesting that you would mention Russell because I was privileged to give Russell Tompkins a uh, Lifetime Achievement Award from the Soul Tracks magazine uh, Reader's Choice Awards, right. and uh, I happened to sing one of his songs, and he came to me and he said, "You know." This is the first time I've ever heard anybody sing a stylistic song and said, man, I wish I had done that. <laughs> I think that's quite an honor. I, I, I took it as an honor, and and it, it was very humbling because he's a wonderful, internationally known, if you hear four bars of his music, you know it's him, singer. Right, right. So for him to make that acknowledgement was like, okay, and I am... I think the the best part of that was that my wife was in attendance. Wow. Wow. And, uh, I had received an award for the best male vocalist that year. Wow. And I just presented the award, the Lifetime Achievement Award, for him. Wow. And so I took, went back to the table and I told her, I said, well, I guess I can die now. I finally won an award. <laughs> I remember back in 2009, I want to ask you about this. You were performing with Pieces of a Dream in, right. in Southern Connecticut State University. Right. And you fainted. And mm-hmm. they, I didn't faint. I had a heart attack. You had a heart attack. And then rumors were going around that you had died. I was flipping. Right. I know that. And my ch- a couple of my children read those Facebook and Twitter comments as well. And what what you did you where did you did you have are you do you have a history of heart trouble and that's and what happened no. with No. I uh I couldn't focus. I was seeing people's outline but I couldn't see their faces. Right. Couldn't couldn't see their eyes. I mean it was like I saw the figures of them but I couldn't focus on anything. Wow. And my equilibrium went. And when I fell I was out. I didn't, when I woke up, I was in the hospital. Wow, 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 wow. Because I was, I remember that. I'm like, what? The, and they told me that they were going to put a defibrillator in me. And if I was allergic to anything, and while she was having this conversation, I was a- trying to answer her questions, but I was taking the IVs out of my arm. Ready to get out of there, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Phil, I want to, I wanna, before I, I play a song, I want to play a song that, you did with Lil called Do Not Disturb. I absolutely love that song, and I think my listeners That's would love it. That's a great like song, a Nick Martinelli, Alex Brown song. Yes. That's a great song. Uh, would you hold on a second? I'm going to play that for everybody. Hold on, Phil. Okay, that's cool. Take my feet up. 
Here at G Radio, New York City, where you can find your classic soul and R&B music, the music for your soul. And I have with us today the great Phil Paris. Phil, that was an amazing yes. song. Do you guys, do you and Lil sing around the house? Sometimes, I mean, in the holiday season, or if I want to mess with her, I'll sing with her a little bit, you know. But right. not, not on a daily basis. So you know, I'm gone too much for that. Well, right now you're on tour, correct? Well, I'm in between. <laughs> on, uh, I think on Friday of, or Thursday of next week, I leave and go to uh, back to Southern Connecticut Community College right. for an all-star thing with Brian Simpson. Wow. And then on the 7th of October, I'm doing the Spirit Cruise Lines. The I will Spirit, be there uh, in New York. Yeah. I will be there. Yeah, and that's with uh, Alex Mignon. Right, I definitely will be there for that. I definitely. And then, and then in November, I'm do. I mean, in October, I'm doing the uh, Capital Jazz Cruise. Oh so wow! I stay pretty busy. Well, and you know what? And you love it. You 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 love this, don't you? Well, uh, yeah. It's the connection. It's the opportunity to make the connection that you worked on over the years in your recordings with your live audience. Do you? Uh, I heard that you're working on something right now. Is that true? It is. Uh, I'm uh, I'm working with a host of different people, uh, just to come up with the right songs, right. and to uh, to to give a good representation of recording again. Oh, great. Now, there for a while, I didn't. You know, I wasn't really into recording because everything sounded the same. Radio was playing everything the same. Right. It was a very mundane scene here in the United States. Right. So. I want to ask you about one particular song in general. Okay. It's called I Can't Wait Till the right. Morning Comes. Right. Tell, tell our audience about that that song. Well, it's a song based on being away from who you love and who loves you and finding yourself thousands of miles, sometimes tens of thousands of miles away and remembering what really matters which is to have someone in your life that loves you and is genuinely concerned about your day-to-day well-being. Wow. Uh, and so that that's how the song came into existence. I've been away too long, if only for a day. Because right. I think it's so strong, I can't shake it away. Right. In yeah. other words, it's not something trite that you could turn your back on and get back to the business of hand. You can't shake it off. Right. Now, that was the schedule to be released on... September 11th. That's correct. And uh, tell tell our audience what happened there. You what? How that? How that all came? I about. was scheduled to do the Kiss. Uh, it's it's called the Kiss Summer Series. Uh, it, it ended, I think, the third or the fourth week of September, where they would do concerts in between the buildings at the World Trade Center. So I was scheduled to be there on the 11th, and I couldn't get out of Chicago because, as everyone well knows now, uh, our country was attacked right. by militant terrorists right. who just happened to be Muslim. Right. I don't want to. I don't want to throw it out there that it's all Muslims. Right. Okay. It's, okay. It's, right. It's really not. And sometimes our phobias make us take it out of hand. That's true. But. But the fact of the matter is, is is the terrorists that we've caught are Muslims. 
Right. That's not making a glittering generality statement. That's making a specific statement. That's correct. Okay. So, So, especially in terms of the September 11th attack on our country. Now, every every year you sing on that day, uh, you sing the Star Spangled Banner. Well, I've done it for for six years in a row. Wow. Wow. It is amazing. Amazing. Yeah, that that put me in the worst kind of a depression because not only could I not call home and check to make sure everything was all right on the West Coast, but I kept getting flashbacks of faces. Wow. I would see in the show. And I would know that those faces I would never see again until I got to heaven. Wow. That that kind of put you in a that put you in a spiral, didn't it? For our Yes, it did. It I didn't uh I didn't I didn't work for six years after that. Wow. I was wow. Impressed. How did you come out of that? Uh, I have a prayerful wife. Wow. And she stayed in my corner as a prayer warrior until the dawn broke. And I came to the realization that I needed to go and make some money for myself. So wow. You know what? I want you to hold on. I'm going to play that song. That is a wonderful song. I want to play I Can't Wait Till the Morning Comes. Hold on a second, Phil. Let my audience hear this.
Firestorm, and I'm your host, Greg Lasseter, here at G Radio, New York City. And we have in the studio the great Phil Perry. Phil, I love that. I think that is one of my favorite songs, if not the favorite. I love all your music, but that song stands out. Thank you. I'm glad you got a favorite. (laughs) You know what? I I wrestled with this all day. I didn't do anything all day but try to prepare for this. I'm like, I listen to all your music. I'm like, which is my favorite? I don't know. But for some reason, I kept going back to I Can't Wait. I don't know. It's it's wonderful. Now, see, it's interesting. You never, when you make music for a living, you never know what people are going to gravitate to. Now, my particular favorite of all of the things that I've recorded is winter. Really? Yeah, because it's a poignant story. It's a cat that goes back to a place that he remembers sharing time with someone else. Wow. Those places. And he describes them and, you know, it's such a picturesque kind of song. It just puts you right there. Wow. You know, it's almost like you're eavesdropping in on someone's life. That is amazing. That's, you know, do do you ever, isn't it, what does it feel like, Phil? Like you're driving along, you turn on the radio, and you hear your own song. (laughs) It's very humbling. It's more humbling than I think people would know. Because when you make music for a living, unless you're an egomaniac, you never consider the possibility that people will hear your music. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, because the the, the whole thing is split now. It used to be commercial radio. Commercial radio doesn't sell anything right now. No, it doesn't doesn't sell hamburgers. It doesn't sell refrigerators. It certainly doesn't sell new music. Right, that's correct. So to continue to make music with that thought in mind, Mm -hmm. it's a little naive. So I just try to make the best music that I can the music that I that moves me and send it out there and let it find its own audience. Wow. That's now, the truest way of acquiring an audience. You I could say I'm just, I'm looking at your list. I you've sang with everybody, you know, with some greats. Now what which who I don't want to say who's your favorite, but who stands out more in your mind that you like singing with? Quincy Jones. Wow. Why is that? Tutorage. He taught me so much. Really? Really? Yeah. That, you didn't even think about that. <laughs> Listen, just, just being around him teaches you a lot. Just seeing how he treats people. I, I learned so many valuable lessons from him. I learned how to treat people. I learned how not to treat people. Wow. I learned how to, I learned how to believe in the gift and talent that God gave you. And to believe that what the Bible says is true. Your uh-huh. talent will make a way for you. Wow. So, uh, now, what is in, what does the future look like for Phil in, as far as entertainment? As far as life goes, what, what do you, how do you see in the next year or so what's happening with Phil Perry? Well, I'll be recording uh, numerous pieces of music. I'll still be going on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, are you familiar with Angela Stribling? Yes, yes I am. Okay, well she's doing a, a play and she spoke with the producer about using some of my music for the play and he brought it to a forum 
for the individuals that he had hired for the play. Right. And they all agreed that my music would probably be some of the best pre-recorded compositions. Wow. To that... illustrate your story. So I, I'm waiting for a call from him, and I'm probably going to have to send some some MP3s and mm. uh, maybe some DVDs of some of the live stuff. Do you have any aspirations of acting? Well, I'm I'm in a movie called Crossing Over with Harrison Ford and Ashley Judd and Ray yeah, Young. You're in that movie. I, I don't know out, that. Yeah, I come out and sing the national anthem for the uh, naturalization ceremony. At the is end that? Is that something you plan on? Is that something you're looking forward to, more acting or more singing or a combination? Well, I kind of like it, but, you know, I, I don't view it as the people around me view it. My, right. My wife and all of my kids think that I would be a good character. <laughs> Why is that? I, I don't know, but my, my, my oldest told me that I was animated enough and that <laughs> when I wear a hat and dress and up, you know how I to wear a hat. Oh, no, you wear a hat really well. He said I could. I had the. I had the potential of being able to play a fairly good gangster since I, I speak you. with my hands. <laughs> 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 no, so I thanked him very much for his comment and and kind of filed it in the back of the audio file. <laughs> now let let me fast forward. Now you you still stayed in touch with some of the Montclairs, correct? Yes, I do. Not as now, often as I should, but yes, I do. You made you. Oh, there was one album that you made with what was it called? It was called um, Phil and Salmon. Oh, Phil Perry and Kevin Salmon. Right, it was Sam, called right. Perry and Salmon, and there were two albums. Right, and, and one of them was called underrated. For Those Who Love, and the other one was called We're the Winners. Right, and those were underrated. I listened to. I used to listen to them all the time. They're very, I don't understand. That was those. Those were classics. Like uh, just to make you happy and just like magic, that was. I love just to make you happy. Just to make you happy is one of those kinds of songs. It's one of the one of the declarations of unconditional love. Wow! And that you don't hear in music very often. Too much anymore. You know. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, absolutely, absolutely. For my taste, it's like. You don't hear people burying their soul in lyrics anymore. They just they don't write from the soul. You, the songs that you guys wrote, you know, the you know, music was music back then. Where when you wrote a song, it meant something. You either something made you happy, or you broke up with your girl, or you know, you're going through a turmoil in your life, and you you put it down. And they don't make music like that anymore. Well, no, it's it's not considered cool in today's digital-minded society. But the one thing that I found that maintains through every social difference, through every fad, through every musical twist and turn, love remains consistent. Right. If you're singing about love and you're singing from the heart, right. it's going to find an audience oh. because love remains consistent. Um, what about like one of my other favorites? I'm gonna play right now, Carl. Phil, this is one of my favorites, top two. One heart, one love. That was Oh tell, yeah, great Gary tell, Brown song. Right. Tell me before I play that, tell me when you what when you were singing that, what was that all about? Well, One Heart, One Love is, is as I said, is a great Gary Brown song. 
And it, it's a great declaration of what somebody feels for somebody else. They only have one heart. Right. So they can only give one love. And the one love that they have and the one heart that they have, they give to one person. Wow. It is, you know, I, like, how, how much more of a declaration of commitment could you express musically? <laughs> you that? could. That, that says it all. Hold on, Phil. I'm going to play that song so everybody can hear that. One second. That'd be.
Greg Lasseter here at G Radio, New York City, where you can find your classic soul in R&B music, the music for your soul. We have a live interview with the great Phil Perry. Phil, I want to thank you again and again oh, and again. Oh, man, my pleasure. I, I'm, I'm honored that you would have me. Oh, Phil, let me tell you something. You know, when I was 15 years old, my best friend of 40, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm older now, but we've been best friends for 42 years. And we made wow. a we made a pact at fifteen. Like one, he knew I was going to go into the entertainment business, either radio or TV. He goes, one day you got to get Phil Perry, the Montclair. And I made that pact to him. And you know, thirty years go by. Him and I fell out seven years ago, and I talked to him in seven years. He just called me and said, "I'm listening to Phil Perry. I made his day." Oh my God! So I want to thank you, Phil. Oh man, it's like I say. It's my pleasure. When you make music, you never are so egoed out that you would assume that everybody's going to love what you do. Just the fact that you're affording me a listening audience, I'll make myself available to you whenever I can. Thank you, Phil. Let me tell you, right now I'm looking at the numbers. I'm up to 28,000 people in six countries. And that's, you know... And I'm getting I'm getting these emails. I'm gonna have to forward you. And you can I'll forward the email to you later, and you can answer the emails. Yeah, you know what you do, man. You just sell them, send them to Lily. Right, right, send right. Send them in care of Lily, and just send her a copy letter and say, okay, Lil, yeah. these are the emails regarding the interview. Right. Maybe Phil would like to answer some of them personally. Okay, great. I'll definitely do that. Now, Phil, I'm looking at. I Lil said I could talk to you about this. And see, after yes. reading what Lil, Lil told me, she told me about um, you were tested for autism. Yeah, they thought I was autistic when I was younger because I was always tapping out a beat or whistling or humming, or doing something, and uh, they perceived it as autism. Really. Yeah, this was in the mid, mid, late fifties, when autism was really not considered autism. It was really considered just part of the crazies. Oh yeah, right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. You know, so, but I had such a music aptitude that they took me and had me tested. Sure enough, I did have a music aptitude, and so when my regular grade would go to recess, I would go with the older boys in the music room and learn the pieces of music. Then when the older boys went to recess, I went to recess with them. So, let, me ask, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, when did you when did you realize that this is something that you want to make a living at? In the second grade. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Do tell. Explain, explain that one, Phil. <laughs> okay. Now I had told you that I had been in the in the boys and men's choir, right? Correct. Okay. Well, uh, I went to a parochial school, a Catholic school, and midnight mass was coming up, and the guy that was supposed to sing the lead to a song got strep throat, and he couldn't talk, let alone sing. Wow. So the lady that the lay teacher that was over the men and boys choir. A lovely old lady named Mrs. Combs. Miss Combs. I'll never forget her as long as I live. <laughs> she was very proper and a little bit English, but but not so much so that you could hear it in the way she spoke. And she would say, she came to me and said, "Philip, how do you feel about Adestesi Davis?" <laughs> I said, "Well, I, I I like the song. I mean, it's a good song. It's a pretty melody." She said. You know it? I said, Yes, ma'am. 
said, I know, I mean the lead. I said, Miss Combs, you know I know the song. <laughs> you know I do. How many times have you busted me for not reading the music? Oh. How many times? And I, what do I tell you every time? I don't need to read it. I know it. She said, well, I, I hope that's true because Christmas Eve you're going to be singing this. <laughs> so Christmas Eve comes around and, and my uh my my folks are uh, are pretty good Catholics. They don't go as, as often as they should, but they try not to miss midnight mass. They went and picked up my grandmother who walked on a cane at the time. Uh-huh. And I could hear her coming in without seeing her. And she sat at the pew and she sat at the end and and she was elderly then. I mean, she was in her 80s then. So nobody would dare walk across her. They would just walked around and went in right. the other aisle of the pew. So I stood up to get ready to sing. And I started singing. And the old lady stood up on her cane and turned around and looked in the choir. Wow. And I was afraid if I looked at her, I wouldn't be able to make it through the song. <laughs> so I didn't. And I sang the whole song looking straight ahead. <laughs> wow. And at the end of the song, I looked back down, and everybody in the church was standing facing the choir loft. Wow. <laughs> That's when I knew I better stick with this. Right. Now, you've been in this business a long time. and This is my 43rd year in the industry. Now, let me ask you. <laughs> And I hope to make 50, 55 like Quincy. Right, absolutely. Now, let me ask you. I know, does it ever get, like, when you're performing, one, let me ask you this question. Have you ever had a time where you go before audience and you're a little little scared? Yes. All the time. Really? What are you afraid of? Yes. What do I think of? What are you afraid of when you like when you get the jitters? What is? Uh, it's not fear necessarily. It's the possibility that no one in the audience will like me. You still really? You still think that? Yes. Wow, that it's is what something. I call on to reach it deep, deeper than sometimes I have at the time uh-huh. to do the best that I can. There are people in my life that made sacrifices for me to do that, and every opportunity that I get, I owe them for the sacrifices that they made in my behalf to uh-huh. do the best job that I can physically do at the time. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. That is amazing. Where and when we're talking like this right now, uh-huh. music is what I is what I do. When I'm on stage, music is who I am. There's a difference and it and it requires two different people. So now that you know you've talked to a schizophrenic <laughs> now you know what's going on. <laughs> but let me let me ask you something. You've played all over the world. Where's your favorite place to play? In the States or out of the States? Both. In the States, the Hollywood Bowl in Hollywood, California. Outside the States, uh, uh, golly. There's a temple in Indonesia that we did. I was a part of the Valley for the World reorganization after they bombed that uh, club in Bali. 
Right. I was part of a California contingent that did a concert called Valley for the World mm-hmm. to reopen Valley and to put a focus on Valley, not just from the, the bombings, but from the individuals that live there and have to eat out a living there. Wow. Uh, and it was held at a temple with one of the gods' faces carved out of limestone. Wow. That's probably four to six stories high. Wow. Wow. And the acoustics, for it being outdoors, were incredible. And of all the places I've played in the world, that's probably the most unique. Although I have played in Wembley Stadium for the Free Mandela concert. Right. Georgia Duke Orchestra. I played at, oh gosh, uh, the Superdome, the Cotton Bowl, the Hoosier Dome, the Rose Bowl uh, with Quincy in right. the Superfests of 81, which were, then they were, they, that was pretty eye-opening as an experience for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just because of who I was with and the company that I was keeping, but the dedication to the music and to the craft. Right. It makes me want to kick my, kick everything that I do up a couple of notches. It wow. makes me want to be more studious, more professional, more courteous, catch more flies with honey than you can with vinegar. That's true. That's the kind of person. That's right. the kind of person that that touring experience made me want to become. Wow. So let me ask you this, Phil. Do Quincy, you, man. you, you can't think? Beat you think you can get any better vocally? I feel every day I can get better vocally. The question is, can I execute to do it? Can and you? the answer is, sometimes I can, and sometimes I can't. Because what I motivates? Can. What motivates you when when you say sometimes you can and sometimes you can't? Explain the difference in what. Well, okay, the days you don't feel that you can, what's going through your mind then? Well, the days that I don't feel that I can are the days that I dig deeper, that I go to that dark place that no one is allowed to go to but me and pull out whatever it is that I can to assist me in my endeavor. Wow, that is deep. That is deep. No, that's truth. (laughs) Anybody that sings for a living will tell you they got good days and bad days, just like anybody else. The suggestion to the contrary is naivete or over-phantom. Wow. Okay. Wow. I agree. I'm there are days that making double E's, making the notes that I made on the recordings, mm-hmm. is more of a task than people know. Oh, I can imagine. Now, fortunately, in my behalf, I've been able up to the task. But the day will come when I won't be able to make those notes again. And when that day comes, I'm either going to change the keys or I'm going to stop. But music is your life, though, wouldn't you say? Well... Music has always been my life. It becomes who I am when I'm on stage. It's what I do when I'm off. Wow. Wow. So, so let me... Let you understand me, what I'm saying to you, Greg? Absolutely. I absolutely do. Okay, it becomes who I am. In other words, all of the things, all of the songs that I'm singing at the time of the performance, mm-hmm. I'm going back to that place, to that original source of inspiration to sing that song. Wow. At that moment, they become, I become one with them. If I'm not on stage, it's just what I've done. If I'm on stage and I'm performing, it becomes who I am. Wow. I totally get that. I totally get that. 
Now, I don't know if it's that way for other cats. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to make the wrong impression here. No, I'm that's not saying right. that that's think, the way it should be for everybody. That's just the way it is for me. <laughs> that's what makes you a great vocalist. You see I, what I'm saying? I, and I, I, I can't separate the two at the time of the performance. Wow, that That is incredible. That is most well, it's no, it's more of a it's it's a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing that I have a place that I can go to that makes me want to be better than I feel that day. Right. It's a curse in that I'm never satisfied with what I do. Well, why do you think it's a curse, Phil? Why do you think because it doesn't that give you the inspiration to make yourself better? Well, sure it does, but sometimes you lose objectivity trying to make yourself trying to be the best you can be. Sometimes when I, in my endeavor to be the best that I can be musically, I don't mm-hmm. really take sight of what I've done. Mm-hmm. Do in other think- words, the goal is never reached. You're always striving for the goal. Right. Do you and think... The goal, and, and the goal, to synopsize it, is putting a smile on God's face when you make music. Right. Do you think you're a great vocalist, Phil? No. No? I think I'm pretty good. <laughs> but I don't think I'm great. Really? You don't think no, you're a great I wouldn't vocalist. consider myself a Mario Lanza. I wouldn't <laughs> consider myself a Joe Williams. Really? I wouldn't consider myself a Billy Eckstein. No? Come on. Really, Phil? I, I would. Have you Look gone at... back and listened to some of the cats in the in the late 40s and early 50s that were singing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Have you Billy listened Eckstein? to Johnny Hartman? Yes. Lou okay. Rawls. I'm nowhere near where Johnny Hartman was. Nowhere near. I'm not even in the same zip code with Johnny Hartman. You don't think so? No. Because I always thought it was just a different style. And even if it isn't true, it's what I have to tell myself to make myself work harder. Wow. Wow. Hold on a second, Phil. You're listening to The Quiet Storm, and I'm your host, Greg Lasseter, here at G Radio, New York City, where you can find your classic soul and R&B music, the music for your soul. Phil, I'm going to play a song just to make you happy. And I love that. Right. right. Now, that was a tune that, uh, uh-huh. Go ahead. that I composed with Chuck Jackson for the For Those Who Love album, uh, the first album from Perry and Simon. Right. Good song. Huh. All right. Hold on a second, Phil. I'm going to play that. You got it. Just a few minutes of your time. Hold on. That's There's something real important I'd like I'm to right say here. to you.
Major the Quiet Storm, and I'm your host, Greg Laster, here at G Radio, Earth City, where you can find your classic soul and R&B music, the music for your soul, and I have live with us tonight, the great Phil Perry. I'm back, Phil. That was the music for your soul, that. <laughs> yes, it is. Hey, Phil, everything that I've played with Phil Perry is music for your soul. You can believe that. So, Tell me, Phil, you guys have a foundation. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's called the Phil Lill Foundation, and it's dedicated to the literacy of children. I think people would be saddened and shocked if they knew how many people were walking around with high school diplomas that read at a ninth or eighth grade level. Wow, I know. Wow. So Phil, tell 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 my audience how they can donate, contribute to your to you and Lil's foundation. Well, you can come to on the World Wide Web. You can come to the Phil Lil Foundation, or you can go to philperry.org, and we have a foundation uh, section where you can click on and get all the information and get but the things that we're making the attempt to do to try to make a difference in the Wow. Wow. I'm so excited, Phil. I got a little bit of time left, and I want to thank you so much. I can't tell you what it meant to me for you to call in and do this interview. I'm glad we all made it work. Hey, man, it's all love. Without you, there's no me. Oh, Phil, <laughs> that's what I say. Hey, hey, Phil, I'm, uh, I'll get in touch with you after the show, and I'll send a little some emails. Before I let you go, I just want to say, I want to say thank you to you first. Thank you, Phil. And I want to thank him. Thank you. Thank Lil. Lil, thank you so much for making this happen. Thank you. I want to thank my producer, Brenda Timmer, for her and Lil making this happen for me. And I really Yes, thank, it. thank Brenda for me because she called this morning just to make sure that I was going to be ready to do this. <laughs> she's, she's listening. Trust me. <laughs> well, she's a sweetheart. And tell her I, I appreciate her seeing yeah. through this. Phil, we will be in touch. And I want to thank you again. Okay, Greg, to all your listeners, I bid you all peace. Okay, I'll talk soon. I want to thank everybody for listening. We are listening to The Quiet Storm, and I'm your host, Greg Lassiter, here at G Radio, New York City, where you can find your classic soul and R&B music, the music for your soul. We're going to keep playing. I got a few more minutes. We're going to keep playing some Phil Perry.
Tonight, I really want to give a special thank you. Thank you, Mr. Phil Perry. Thank you, Lillian Perry, for making this happen. More especially, I want to thank Brenda Timmer, my producer, for making this all come together. Guys, you remember this. You know what? It doesn't get any better than this. If you guys believe in whatever that you're doing, just be the best at it. And I really, really want to thank everybody for listening and tune in. I have more to come. And stay tuned. October 1st is when we'll be live and in living color with G Radio New York City. So if you guys have any questions for Phil or me, you know how to reach me at Facebook. At Facebook, You know uh, my email or hit me up here. But, you know, it's time to get up out of here. I want to thank everybody for listening again. 
And uh, what else am I to say? I want to thank my best friend of 45 years, Demetrius. We had lost touch um, for about 8 to 10 years. And he called me when he heard that Phil Perry. You know what? I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. But guess what? Remember this. Shoot for the moon. If you have been, you're still among the stars. I'm Greg Lassner, and I'm out of here. Peace. Until next time. Quiet Storm with Greg Lesson.